Easter Sunday. It's great to see so many people here. Great to have people in the house of the Lord. I heard a song on our radio station this week as it's getting reworked and improved and worked through. Uh, it was every day should be Sunday. Well, you know, that's, that's the only day I work, so I, I like to have a day off once in a while. <laughs> But uh, uh, along with announcements, I've got Mrs. Joyce Jones. You can take her address off the envelope if you want, and we'll pass this around. It's to Mrs. Jones. She's still looking at recovery in a considerable length of time. She's still at the hospital. Our room is 437. I'll pass this around, and my wife and I'll make sure it gets sent out tomorrow morning. So... Uh, Feel free to sign that. I'll think you're taking notes, so you'll be in great shape. If I look out and see you writing, I'll figure you're taking notes of the message. Uh, this is a time of year the island swells and shrinks rather quickly. And uh, this is the first time in three years I'll be leaving here for uh, any length of time. Uh, I think we've been to Seattle once, and that wasn't, didn't include a Sunday, I don't recall. But we haven't been off island for a while. We're going to go see our daughter at Thanksgiving. We'll be leaving the 17th of this month, which is our 51st anniversary, and our both of our birthdays. We're going to be leaving the 17th and be with our daughter to Thanksgiving. It was traditional until we came up here permanently that we'd help our daughter set up for Thanksgiving and the family she inherited. So we'll be uh, taking care of the 23rd uh, at Thanksgiving. I'm going to ask Brother Jay Belcom. I've already got it through that Brother Jay is going to be officiating our meal and kind of a banquet. There'll be no services on the 22nd, which is a Wednesday. Uh, the meal, according to the man who cooks the turkey, this year is 1 o'clock. If there's any questions, you'll have to get together with Mrs. Larissa Belcom and or Jay or Brother Kevin because uh, the turkey might not be quite done or who knows what. you got to plan on the worst all the time. And so, uh, and speaking of the worst, Brother Fred will be preaching the 19th. I'm just kidding, Brother Fred. It's going to be wonderful to have Brother Fred preach the 19th. Brother Kevin will be given the second of his sermon of his Sunday school messages. And Brother Rick McCoy is up for the 19th, although it's subject to change. But that is how Kevin will be on the 26th and Fred will be on the 26th. And uh, that's as far as we can get in advance here for a while. We should be back the 3rd of December Possibly, my daughter's giving us a not. She's giving us a Subaru. Uh, uh, we got to get a good environmental sticker for the back of it. So uh, it's it's a real popular car. She's she's moving upgrading hers, and she said, "I'm going to trade this in, Dad." And uh, we were looking at getting that. So a Subaru over in uh, Fairbanks. No, it was Anchorage, was it? Juno. Juno's the dealer in Juno. We've been around and around with our vehicle, kind of a praise and a, and a prayer request. We've been around and around with the white truck that hasn't been driven in two, 
going on two and a half years now. Uh, we've been to the Better Business Bureau. We've my dear wife's been literally hours on the phone and conversations, and uh, we finally are getting it resolved. It's still under warranty, and uh, they either got to repair the whole motor or give us make some recompense for the vehicle dying. It had a fuel pump in it, that high pressure fuel pump. And it went out and ruined the engine when it went out, but we had to replace it and just had, we filled out all the recalls and there's still another recall on it. So it's culminating. So keep us in prayer in that regard. Thus, we're getting the vehicle for my, for my wife, a little Zubaru, and we're gonna drive that across country. We'll be on the road literally from the 23rd, well, the 24th, of November till uh, we put it on the barge and fly up sometime before the 3rd of December. So if you have any emergencies, I'll, I'll probably be more accessible by phone than I am when I'm up in Nocketty being in the States. But uh, feel free to contact any of the trustees and uh, make an effort to get a hold of them. You'll be in my prayers and my wife's prayers. Also, and... Uh, that's where we're at. So you're updated about as much as I am as far as the calendar and where we're going and what we're doing. And uh, I thank you for your efforts. I, I will miss you at Thanksgiving. I would rather be here than a lot of other places. But sometimes that's not saying much. <laughs> I'm not one for big Thanksgivings. But I won't forget it'll be a, it'll, I've already told Brother Jay It'll, we've got, we'll put up tables and it'll be a lot like the last, the last Thanksgiving where uh, we'll take, have a couple of songs, prayer requests, and then uh, we'll sit down at the, and pray and then sit down at the table and uh, take, as you go around the table, something you're thankful for. So the cost of the meal is being thankful for something and giving your testimony to that when we sit down to eat. So there is Thanksgiving laid out. You can bring anybody you'd like. Everybody's welcome. And uh, we appreciate that. All right, turn in your Bibles now if he's going to set us up. I'm going to try to get everybody recorded. But turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, the portion of Scripture is familiar, should be familiar. We visited it not too long ago. And like Brother Kevin said in his Sunday school message. There's a lot to each particular passage of scripture. There's a general thought here of uh, the woman with the blood disease. And we'll touch on the general thought, but there's a whole lot more to it as you look into it. And uh, we'll pick it up uh, here in Luke chapter 8. And uh, I'm going to go to verse 26 just to show you uh, where Jesus was. So he was in the Gardens. G-A-D-A-R, Guardianians, which is over against Galilee. And he was there, and you know the story that takes place, the first Halloween there in the Holy Land, and he exercised out some demons. And this takes place to validate Christ's uh, authority here on this earth. And we pick it up about verse 40 for the sake that I want to emphasize where this ta uh, how this takes place. 
in verse 40 of Luke chapter 8, And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. His whereabouts were documented. He was attracting great crowds at this time. People were keeping track of him, going out of their way to come and see him. And behold, there came, verse 41, a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come onto his house. This is a side note here. Jesus is very busy. He's walking through the crowd. He's got people that have obligated him to come. They're treating him like we do missionaries in some instances. And for he had only a daughter about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. So Jesus is on the way to cure this little girl. She's a, a young lady, a young girl, and a woman. Here's verse 43, and this is the story most of us are familiar with. And a woman, note that, Launderline woman, having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. This is very personal. We're going to see this develop from personal to public rather quickly. And behold, and behind him, and, okay, came and healed. She couldn't get healed. Came behind him, being Jesus Christ, and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stenched. That's what we would call stopped. And uh, I want you to note a couple of things here I've got written in my Bible. The word immediately that shows up twice in this passage of Scripture. God's not slack concerning his promises, and he takes care of things immediately. We don't always see the results or are, even know the results, but God handles things now. Nothing's too late for him. And so immediately her issue of blood stenched, and Jesus said, who touched me? First question. When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou, who touched me? Second question. And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Three times he asked who touched him. He knows something happened, verse 46, and that's in a form of almost a form of a question also. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. Now, something you got to keep in mind. This woman was deemed unclean because of her issue of blood. She was looked down upon by society, a little bit like we used to look down on the handicapped people of society before we understood their ailments and their problems. We didn't know if it would be catchy. We didn't know where they came from. We didn't regard them as, we'd sometimes regard them as some human sometimes because we didn't understand their ailments and their problems. Well, she was branded already as unclean, and she could not forcibly make her way through a crowd, legally, so to speak. She had to intrude and hide and slip through a crowd. Otherwise, she'd have to pronounce herself unclean and avoid the crowd and ask if anybody could avoid her. They wouldn't even want to walk where she walked. But then to reach out and touch a holy man, a rabbi, 
and contaminate him. She would probably be in some of the pharisaical eyes if that daughter that he came to heal in the verses that preceded this, 41 and 42, if he had not successfully healed that daughter, it would have been because she touched him in her uncleanliness. That's how they would have viewed that. So it was a very serious thing she did, slipping through the crowd and interrupting the healer and pressing herself upon him. She probably touched several other people was mildly disguised and degraded herself completely when she touched the holy man. And Jesus said, immediately, hath, immediately somebody hath touched me. He made an issue of that. And when the woman saw that she had, put, she had not hid and came trembling and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people. Now we went from private, her issue of blood, to public. She's standing there before all the people. For what cause she hath touched him and how she had healed immediately. She had to know she was healed. And he said unto her, here's the, here's the, here's the very words that caught me onto this scripture a second time. Daughter, capital D, daughter, be of good comfort for thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. I got the words capitalized in my Bible in pencil. Salvation came to that woman. She was made whole. She was healed physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And that is where it happened. She went from the daughter, no more noted in Scripture, than the daughter of verse, oh, there's a preceding verse. Well, there's another verse just after it. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe in she, uh, daughter, in the next verse. While he yet spake, there cameth one from the ruler of the synagogue house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Look at the capital. Is there a capital on that daughter? No. She's a child, and she's not a daughter yet of the king. But here, this woman is made a daughter of the king. She went from a public belief, she went from a private belief to a public belief testimony of her faith when she was healed. She wasn't a closet Christian after that. She was a public testimony of what happened in her life. There's a couple things that woman went through as, it, as, it, as she entered into the kingdom of God and to his family, uh, spiritually, so to speak. First thing she did was prepared. She prepared. You see in verse 40, it came to pass when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him. This was some place that Jesus was expected to show up. Could have been church. Could have been in the temple. Could have been just outside of a synagogue. But it was some place Jesus was expected to show up. And this lady made her way to that place. She prepared. She had to take a lot of precautions to get to that place because, after all, she was still deemed... Uh, insufficient by society. She was still had to walk on the other side of the street. She still had to sneak around and not let herself be known in public. So she had to do a lot of pre 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 preparation to see Jesus. How much preparation have you made to see Jesus today? How much preparation do you make to see your Savior each and every day? She prepared to meet her Savior. She prepared to meet a holy man. She prepared to be in the same place Jesus 
and God were exalted. She, uh, she was looking for something to happen. Her life moved to an active faith. She acted upon her faith. She prepared. The next thing she did was planned and proclaimed. She acted upon her faith, and she proclaimed, and she declared. In fact, the very words she declared show up in verse 47. So she seen God. She seen Jesus. She acted upon that belief that there could be something to it. Then she went ahead and touched his garment in faith, and she acted upon her faith. James chapter 1, verses 22, 23, and 25 come to my mind as I get to this portion of Scripture. You need not turn there, but I'll, I'll give you the verses, 20, James 1, 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass, and in verse 25, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth thereon, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. She heard Jesus could heal her. She heard the man from Galilee was more than just a prophet. She heard that there was a great man of God that could do something and change her life. A great man of God, and she took that, those things, those things of God took him at his word, and acted upon that and planned it and perfected it and perpetrated it and went through it and was greatly blessed. She was healed. She wasn't like the beggar that laid alongside the street and seen he came by. She had to seek him out and secretly get a hold of him. Have you ever sought God out and secretly tried to get a hold of him. Do you wonder why he doesn't reward you sometimes when you put forth the most minimal amount of effort towards getting a hold of him? God wants you to pray. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to besiege him. He wants you to, to come in contact with him. He has emotions just like you and I. He gets lonely when he sees the throngs and parades of people going to the football game. He gets lonely when he sees the throngs and parades of people going to the concerts. He gets lonely when he sees his church empty. He gets lonely when everybody wants to communicate with others, get on their phone and spend hours. When's the last time you called Jesus? I got a few people on my phone that are gone, and I still punch it in and tell them I'm praying for them. I miss him. He's a little wacky. Well, I'm hoping they're closer to God than I am right now. <laughs> but when's the last time you tried to communicate with your Savior? Intentionally set out, planned, and proclaimed what he's done for you, what he can do for you. She went from a daughter of some man to a daughter of the king there in verse 48. No other way that would be comma and capitalized daughter except it had great importance for that particular assignment onto her. 
I like the verse in verse 45. It says, and Jesus said, whosoever touches me, who, it says, did I say whosoever? I got it written on my margin. I got whosoever touches me. Well, isn't that applicable? Verse 45, Jesus said, whosoever believeth in me has everlasting life. I go over to Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17, and we'll close there. Why don't we all stand? We'll close in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. Romans 8, 15 through 17. For ye have re- uh, for as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby ye cry, Abba, Father. For the Spirit beareth wit- itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. You can approach God. You can become a child of the King. You can be more than conquerors through him that loved us. That daughter, the woman in verse 43 of Luke, was rewarded. She was revived, and she was revealed. She was made whole both physically and spiritually. What do you need to be mended by today? What do you need to be mended for today? What victory do you have to have in your life to be made whole? What peace of mind, what thing in your heart, what thing in your possession, what thing in your life makes you what you, will make you at peace with your maker? Reach out and touch him. Plan on touching him. Plan and prepare and 